Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. And this is that half. In these book club episodes of this podcast, my guests and I will be bonding over my favorite hobby, reading. Getting to know their relationship to books, the ones they love, the ones that have made the biggest impact on them, and so much more. Now before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences, opinions, and possible book spoilers throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome to another book club episode. This one's really special because it's part one of a two-parter with my guest again, Emma, and her partner Eli. Eli, welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> And we're here to talk all things books, which is something the three of us really connect on and share and share a love for a lot of the same books, too, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, that's their dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can close those windows. No, that's okay. Okay. They're having a great The time. noises of the farm. Yeah. yeah. Colby in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> this theme. <laughs> so first and foremost... Do you both like to read? And what is your relationship to reading? I do like to read. I like to read a lot. <laughs> do we have to not make eye contact? <laughs> I do like to read. I like to read a lot. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'd like to start that question over again. A hundred percent. Go for it. I do like to read. <laughs> Oh yeah, Welcome I got that. To the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't want to see. How about you go first? <laughs> no, you sound like you have an answer prepared. This is okay. gonna be fun. I do like to read. I think my relationship with reading has changed over my life, but currently, I'm really enjoying reading. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think it's interesting that I'm on a book club podcast is somebody that very recently really got into reading really interesting because the both of you like read fairly often I would say fairly quickly because I see kind of how fast you go through books Mm -hmm. and so that's surprising yeah how did for each of you how did if you weren't always a fan of reading or like how did you pick it back up again especially for two people that went through so much schooling (laughs) Eli? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll learn, I guess, more about this in my, in my individual one. But I was never really somebody that um, was, like, very invested in school growing up. Um, didn't really take to it. Didn't really love it. Um, and so almost anything that was, like, school-related was not something that I would gravitate towards. Like, in my mind, I think reading was a lot of, like, why would I do math for fun, like, type of thing. Um and ironically, you know, I then went to college to teach, which <laughs> we'll get into, um, and had a lot of forced reading that way. And I think that it just like reinforced that reading wasn't something that I really like enjoyed or could do for fun. It felt very like like working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until after college um 
and honestly with Emma where she was just reading quite a bit and had some pretty interesting books that I was like let me give it a try you know because um, I didn't have a terrible relationship with, with reading in, in college um, I got a lot out of the like like feminist stuff and like critique that we read and like queer theory and all of that but none of that's like light reading you know any any college reading is like not necessarily the latest and so I think like for me it was finding you know a similar enjoyment that I got out of that really heavy reading but without like the mental exhaustion that comes with it Mm. um and that was just being able to pick up the books that Emma had lying around that I was like, oh, this is actually kind of nice. And it's mm. a really nice way to um, wind down at night. I think that we both have a tendency to, before we go to sleep, try to read a chapter or something. Okay. Yeah. 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 Emma? I'm just so interested in all the things you're saying, even though I already know them. But um, <laughs> I got distracted on what the question was. My relationship to reading. I had a very different relationship to reading. I was always reading when I was younger. My parents had like pictures of me asleep with a book on my face because I fell asleep reading. I really, really loved it. And then I think similar to a lot of people, once there was a lot of readings assigned in high school and then in undergrad and then in grad school, I really lost the desire to be reading on my own. I think I also felt like in college that there was always work to be done, that my time, my free time should be spent accomplishing school-related tasks. I didn't really think that I had a lot of time for reading for fun. And then, yeah, in the last couple of years since graduating from grad school, started getting back into it initially with just the goal of trying to read again because I knew that I used to love it. Mm -hmm. And then it's definitely helped that now both of us really enjoy it. And we enjoy the same types of books. Mm-hmm. So that's been really nice. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you both are a part of like a book club kind of style where you get books sent to you. Yeah. How does yeah. that work? When is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We are a part of Book of the Month. Oh, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not that we're reading it alongside anybody else, but there are usually five books at the start of the month that you can choose from to be sent to you, which we always pick the thriller. Yeah. 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 And like, I used to be really into checking books out from the library. I'm still very much a fan and a supporter of that. Mm -hmm. I think part of getting myself really excited about books again, though, was having someone send me like a very short list because it felt too overwhelming otherwise Mm -hmm. to come up with something that I wanted to read. Yeah. And then having this beautiful book shipped directly to me was like a great present and something to look forward to. And then we've just continued it because it's been great. Yeah. I really like it. I feel like it helps me continue to expand. Otherwise I feel like you, you pick an author or two or a handful or like a specific genre you know, like more specific than just like thriller in general. And that's about it, right? Mm. Like, yeah. so it keeps me introduced to new authors. And there have been times that we haven't picked the thriller. I'd probably mm-hmm. say like four out of five times we do, yeah. or even maybe yeah. more than that. But 
this most recent time we picked the horror, which I mean I think that broad scope could <laughs> sort of be a <laughs> still thriller. fit in the same family. Yeah, but you know, a little different. Yeah. Um, it wasn't categorized. There was a thriller mm. option and we didn't pick it. And then like you know, then there was the invisible life of adding LuRue, which is something that I never ever would have thought to pick up. I mean, mm. is that categorized as historical fiction? I'm not sure. Plus with some fantasy. It's, it's on my list too. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to borrow it? Sure. It's a big guy. Yeah. yeah I'm waiting. I think I think it's one of those ones that I have on my list for the library that like has just never come available. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I am not in a rush to reread because it is huge. Yeah. So you could definitely right. borrow it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the point is, yeah, that we it, it introduces us to books that I feel like we otherwise wouldn't have yeah. found our way into. Right. Do you each have a Goodreads account by any means? I used by to back when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was reading a lot in like elementary school and middle mm-hmm. school, which is very nerdy of me back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I recently got a Goodreads account because I saw someone do their year wrapped but in books and got very jealous. I love that. Um, so that's the only time I've touched it since yeah. then is putting all of my books in from 2022. Mm-hmm. And that is it. Yeah. But I think it's great. Yeah. I would love to yeah. use it more. It's definitely how I like, if I find a bunch of books, I just put in my want to read. And then Mm -hmm. I notice as I'm going through kind of the change in genres and everything else and from what other people say and how I find new books and stuff. And then, of course, putting in my challenge for the year is lovely to see at the end of the year, for sure. Makes you feel like you really accomplished something, Mm -hmm. like, in a way that, you know, we're not, like, necessarily setting out with reading each night to accomplish something like we're doing it for fun, but it's always nice to then have something that's like, Oh look, like you did something kind of cool. Yeah. 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 Right. And yes. I did just check my phone. And I was like, I know I have an, an app of some sort and it is good. Reason, mm-hmm. It turns out I just didn't even mm-hmm. know it. I more do that though, because, and this is so very me, this is going to make perfect sense. Um, I like the feature that it has on it where you can put in what page you're on on the book and it'll Ooh. tell you what percentage you are yep. the way through the book. I feel like you're completing something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else to describe me in a mm. really short, like things that are very satisfying to me, but like that's it mm. in a nutshell. <laughs> that, yeah. the completion. It's funny, I always do the completed or not, but I, I don't often use where how far I'm in it. <laughs> Although I'm sure it would make me feel really good. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you said that you all read kind of before bed. Mm-hmm. Is that the majority of the time in which you read? Like, when do you read? Yeah. I would say, like, at least routinely. I mean, when we're on, when we're on vacation, like, of course, you know, yeah. it's different. Or, like, at the pool in the summer or whatever. It's a little more throughout the day. But I feel like otherwise it's really hard to take any intentional time we're so busy mm. that I think that's the only built-in time yeah. that we can really do that I think before we adopted the puppies we would occasionally mm-hmm. sit downstairs and read in the afternoon or in the evening they don't like do that they like to eat the books <laughs> or the bookmarks uh, I'm also making a bookmark mm. uh, how far into a book if you're not liking it do you get before you put it down? Do you finish it? Mm-hmm. There's only been one book recently that I put down. And that's like when I say recently in the past two years. Really? So you finish a book regardless? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. We choose some really good ones. We we, we do. So I, I feel like I've never just had a book that I'm like a chapter or 
two or whatever into and I'm like oh I hate this I can't stand it like I don't know I feel like I've heard really good things about it or like I have something mm. I don't know yeah like and even if it doesn't end up being like my absolute favorite book in the end I've never felt like it was a waste of time really there's never been a moment where you're like I can't get through this I mean for school <laughs> Definitely put those down. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna cross my fingers when that test comes around. But it seems like then you must pick pretty good books or have a vast amount of topics or stories that like would interest you. I think that's the benefit of not reading for the first like 26 years. Everything's new. Like I get my, I'm I'm playing catch up. So yeah, there's a lot. But also, I feel like it's not hard to like pique my interest. Yeah, I'm interested in a lot of things, and I'm pretty interested in a good story, whatever a good story looks like. So. Oh, I like that. What is it about usually the books, as somebody, two people that finish every single one, like what is it that keeps you going? I think it's a lot of times that the routine of it is really comforting, of knowing that I fall asleep quicker if I'm reading, <laughs> of knowing that that is like the time that we have to read. I think that I go into books thinking about like the the longer stretch the longer haul and not like that immediate like is it capturing my attention or not um and so I don't really look for like am I hooked initially I I assume that I'll get there and I Mm. think that some of the better books I've read or maybe I should praise that some of my more favorite books that I've read have been ones that have um, taking me a little longer to get into it but like the build-up was worth it and like Ooh. it adds so much to the story I think for me um just like that the book that I recommended to you that's long I don't even know if you ever did finish it you might not have because I was wondering <laughs> if it was gonna come up yeah, I, I mean I learned that you don't finish books so maybe you haven't <laughs> some of them I don't but there's a I have a difference between either if I'm not finishing a book it's because I really it didn't I, like, can't get through it. It just isn't hitting for me. Or I'll finish it, but I won't read the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. Um, The one you're referring to is The Last Party by Claire McIntosh. Claire McIntosh. And I recently, because I knew we were doing this, picked it up for the second time and was like, I'm going to get through it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it. It's a thriller. Like, why wouldn't I love it? Mm -hmm. I was about 138 pages in, and I was like, I want to know what's going to happen. But I don't. But I don't know that I can continue reading this page by page to figure it out. Mm. So sometimes what I'll do instead is I'll skim the entire book till the end. And I skimmed it. And sometimes that forces me to reread certain things because obviously you're not reading it back to back. But I skimmed it. And by the end, I was like, oh, wow, this was the turn. Oh, this is how people are connected. This is what happened. And I liked it. And I wonder if maybe for me it was just the writing itself wasn't hitting me the way I wanted it to and wasn't moving fast enough for me or something. And now thinking back to what you just said, Eli, like maybe I, I am waiting for the immediate instant gratification of like, ah, this is amazing. And instead maybe I do need to hold on for the story itself and how it builds rather than trying to get to that. Hmm. I mean, I don't think that there's like a right way or a wrong way to read and like to look at things and like would naturally, like however you naturally lean is completely Mm-hmm. fine I think that just in general like for me enjoying the process and the story and the puzzle a lot of it mm-hmm. so many thrillers are puzzles that mm-hmm. like I really I really like that the process itself and so sometimes I feel like a story is almost ruined if I get so much up front where I'm like well wait I'm supposed to I'm reading this because I want to figure mm-hmm. it out yeah 
Right. I'm like, I want to know who did it, and I want to be right. I'm guessing who did it. <laughs> so I right. do want to get there. But, yeah. like, maybe that is what certain stories are you're supposed to build with them. Yeah. I mean, but uh, if that isn't the story that you love, it's still your By free the time end, that I was, you're using yeah. to read. So yeah. it should be valuable to yeah. you. By the end, I was I was like, ooh, I liked that yeah, and the way it came the together. Was nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way it came together was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I skimmed it till the end. I'm mm-hmm. glad you reached the end. Because I, I thought tried. the end was very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did like the way that it twists and turns. I'm yeah. not going to try not to get spoilers sure. on here. But, yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. So, what is your favorite book? <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite. I think it's really hard for me to choose a favorite. Mm-hmm. I had a favorite when I was younger um, that was really, really impactful to me. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's a hard thing to claim currently mm. in my life. Um, I still love the story for this story. Um, Harry Potter was like really, mm. really important to me for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot of love for that. It is really hard to reconcile. Like not even purchasing like. Uh, the movie or the books because mm-hmm. that I will never do mm-hmm. but like even consuming that is really really hard for me right now um, given the author mm-hmm. um, but that was really really impactful it led to a lot of like connections that I had with friends of people that were also really in it I went to a lot of movie premieres midnight premieres of that mm-hmm. that were some of like the coolest experiences to see something open for the first time. Um, so that was really important for a really long time. More recently, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo was like a real game changer for me because it was the first book that I picked up post-grad in my plan to become a reader again. And it was incredible. I loved that book and mm-hmm. I also like love what it did for me that it mm-hmm. made me really excited about reading again mm-hmm. and jump started us deciding that we wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember I bought that book for mm-hmm. you actually mm-hmm. um, because I remember that I think at the time you were still really broke. Yes. Um, and so she was trying to check it out from the library and there was like, I swear to God, like 10 people ahead of you or something. Yeah, like, I mean, it's mega popular. Oh, right. And so yeah. I was like, we're never going to get it. So I just like bought it and I was like, I'm just going to just here. Mm-hmm. You know, what, a, what an easy thing to do for your mm-hmm. partner. Um, and she got so into it and at the time that's when I was still like, oh, I don't, I don't really read. And so mm-hmm. she'd get so excited that she would talk to me about the book and then she told me everything and next thing I know at the end of the book I was like, well, wait, that was really interesting. I want to mm-hmm. read it. And she's like, well, you should. I was like, well, I'm not going to read I know everything that happened. Like, <laughs> to be fair, I asked if you wanted spoilers, and you said, go ahead and spoil it, because I'm not going to read it. That's 100% the <laughs> time I didn't read. Yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, it was very interesting that, you know, then you, you, you signed up for the book of the month thing. Mm-hmm. And then I kept hearing all these cool things. And I was like, ah, you know, let me, let me give it a try. But it was. I didn't think about that before, how it was that specific book mm-hmm. that I could jump-started this and it is one of the books that I feel like I have read yeah you loved it too (laughs) hit the microphone that I feel like I have read even though I haven't because I'm generally somebody that doesn't want any spoilers about anything ever like Mm -hmm. don't tell me anything more than that like you like it 
mm-hmm. were like very, very, mm-hmm. you know, bare bones. And then, um, Mm-hmm. And so, what was one of your favorite books? See, that's a hard one because I mean, even Harry Potter, which I feel like everyone grew up reading, I, I never read it. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, read the, some typical kids' books growing up, but I didn't really have anything that was like meaningful to me. So, I think that my relationship with reading really again started in grad school where I took out these gender, sexuality, and women's studies courses with that really heavy reading that we were talking about um but it's the first time I felt really grabbed by reading and not in a way that was just like oh I read you know um you know like the book holds for school right mm-hmm. like I mean that's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> <Stanley> <laughs> <all> that. <laughs> um it was the first time I felt like really really um very interested in in, in it and felt like it had a, a greater purpose than just like some random thing to read yeah um, and so then my, my relationship with reading kind of shifted, like I said, into something that was very cool, but very like heavy and emotionally taxing and like, you know, just difficult. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you don't read like Michelle Foucault or like Gloria Anzaldula or Bell Hooks or, you know, anyone like that and not like have to do some like deep reflection, mm-hmm. um, is necessary and awesome but um all of this to say that I don't have like one book in particular I think it was just being introduced to reading that really grabbed me in a way that like a tv show or a book never could have Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. and so you both have shared that thrillers have been kind of what you've dove into now picking books up again Mm -hmm. would you say that's your favorite genre at the moment and what genres are you looking to if any pick up more of I yeah thriller is definitely my favorite as of now I feel like I have started to get into some contemporary fiction in ways that I used to really really love when Mm -hmm. I was younger um and I'm excited to read more along those lines. I'm not sure if I want to, I don't know. I feel like I have so many um, like judgments from when I was younger about like what um, like a historical fiction book would be like or what um, more fantasy books would be like mm-hmm. that I'm like, no, 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 I wouldn't like that. But I would love to go into it more open-minded to try out some new things. Yeah. But thrillers currently, definitely yeah. my favorite. I wonder if you could find some that are made more like newer books that are really good that then are made in a generation that is just different than like what we grew up in. And sure. I wonder if that would like be good because I've thought about that too. Like fantasy isn't the first genre I would normally pick up other than like as a kid, Harry Potter and stuff like that. And I wonder now if some of those genres, I would feel differently about them or maybe I could be interested in them if I found something yeah kind of created more in this world in this generation in this space that I have more comfort in yeah I read a a fantasy book three book of the month uh, Mm -hmm. about a year ago that was really good um so who knows yeah I mean thrillers for me as well I really like I said I enjoy the mystery I enjoy the puzzle um and I think that I have a a hard time getting into genres where I it's not like 
grounded in some sort of reality that mm. like I just have a hard time getting to a place that I can't like imagine or see happening in some universe right so even if like how am I trying to phrase this like if I'm going to read horror or something like mm-hmm. that right like what, what's going to get me it's going to be something that could very realistically happen like I think about like some of the the I mean, Stephen King is what mm. I think of with a lot of that, right? Um, like, I remember he had a short story. Was it called The Gingerbread Girl, I think? Um, and I remember reading that. And it was, if I'm remembering correctly, about this this woman who was going through some hard time in her life and would, like, run as a big stress relief and uh, then got like, kidnapped one day on her, on her run. Mm. And it was all about her trying to escape that um and she was just going out for a run on the beach every day like so many people do yeah. every day. and like something about that was just absolutely terrifying to me right like the reality of that and then there are horror things or thrillers where it just i don't know where i if, there, if it's not grounded in reality of some sort i have a really hard time getting myself there um so i think thrillers are good for me because so often they are like realistic things that have happened right like they're complex and they're mm-hmm. interesting and you know they're not like mundane and day-to-day but I can get myself like in the shoes of the characters and understand it in a way that I, I just can't get there for fantasy or like I don't know historical fiction mm-hmm. or like things like that the stuff is a little harder for me yeah Bridgerton not, not up your alley mm-hmm. would you do something like dystopian where it's supposed to be maybe even sci-fi where it's almost supposed to be like almost a reality of what could happen, like a zombie yeah. style or something yeah. like that you could do. I actually, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, oh gosh, what was the writer? Octavia Butler. Um, again, a feminist writer, but she had this book and I'm blanking on the name of it, but she had a book that was a collection of short stories. Um, but the idea of like, yeah, dystopian stuff of, like, taking things that could very realistically happen and, like, all it would take is, like, one one turn of events for us to get there. So, um, like, Handmaid's Tale kind of thing. Right? Yeah, mm. Handmaid's Tale. I mean, I refuse to watch the show because it, I, I get, like... It's a little It's a lot. I, I watched, like, a few episodes and I... At the wrong time in our country, <laughs> too. Right. Like, I started it, like, I think two years ago or something during Trump's presidency and I was just like it was a little spooky yeah I was just like ah this is not it for, like I need any like anything else like I couldn't and I haven't read the book either because I just mm-hmm. maybe that touches a little too close to reality for me mm-hmm. which yeah. is funny because well yeah <laughs> I think that's said, what yeah. I'm looking for yeah. So, like, I, yeah I really enjoy that like zombie stuff it's so funny because I feel like I never would have thought that I would like that but I actually put I had a a teacher who did like his thesis on mm-hmm. how the zombie apocalypse like uh culture thing that was coming up like the popularity of it was grounded in like a fear of houselessness um very interesting at first i was like huh and then <laughs> um then it got me there i would also like to note i'm pretty sure this was the same professor that did um another similar writing on how the idea of Santa Claus is um, grounded in like ideas of slavery. Interesting. Um, so he had some pretty interesting takes on like 
things. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you can really expand your mind mm-hmm. just to get there. Um, and he got me there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, all of this to say, which I, I also keep saying, um, very, very interested in dystopian things because once again, I, I can get there. Yeah. In the worst case scenario, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I found my fantasy book, everyone. Oh. Um, it's The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penn. <gasps> yeah. I never, I checked it out and I think my time ran out. And so it was one that like, I was like, oh, I'll get back to it because my time ran out of the library mm-hmm. and I have yet to do so. But we've yeah. got that one too. Yeah. Load you up. Wow. You guys got all the books. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested now, curious to know, because I talk a lot on this podcast and with many of my guests so far, like I love YA. Mm-hmm. And despite being 29 year old, like mm-hmm. I love YA. I read a lot of YA. I think it also feeds my fast-paced, very interesting, get to the, you know, kind of soak it up. And would either of you or do either of you like reading YA? Have you read any YA? Is there any you'd be interested in reading? Mm -hmm. YA is young adult. So anything from like 14, 16 Mm -hmm. Percy Jackson to like Spiderwick. I was really, really into that back when I read a lot when I was younger because I feel like that was like mm-hmm. prime age I loved mm-hmm. I loved um the Nancy Drew mm-hmm. series I loved the Princess Diaries mm-hmm. you know there's like 10 books no I never read them oh my god I was really into that Ten. yeah oh yeah um <laughs> a lot of books <laughs> I loved them um I loved a lot of why I haven't mm-hmm. touched it since I feel like it hasn't really come up but, like, even when you said Spiderwick, like, I forgot that that was something. I think it's considered YA. Maybe it's children's, yeah. but it's, like, this it, – YA goes from anything from, like, that that's, like, 10 to 14 would read to my sister and I love Jennifer Lynn Barnes who writes mysteries. And mm-hmm. I would say it's anywhere from, like, a 16 to 20-something-year-old could read yeah. that and have – because there's certain maturity to it. But it's still YA, so it's, like, a very timid version of – certain mature things, love, loss, et cetera, loss, et cetera. And so, but it's a very broad spectrum yeah. of like books, I think. I think that I, not that I was opposed, but I would never gravitate towards that until I listened to you discussing this on your podcast, talking with other people about how you really enjoy coming of age stories and how that's so it. common within that. I was like, oh, I think that would be the reason that I could pick mm-hmm. up one of those books because otherwise... I probably would be like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I I have suggested this one like 400 times on this podcast. But thinking of what Eli just said, the book Silo was one that I think is a little bit more juvenile in the story in some ways on the YA spectrum. But the three books were so fast-paced, so good. And the story aligns kind of with what you said where it's like this – young boy is on this island kind of like Martha's Vineyard Mm. and the military storms in Mm. he's like a high schooler and the Mm. military storms in and they lock down the island and him and his friends are like what the heck is happening and you don't know like why are they locking it down is it a disease is it zombies is it aliens is it what is it that's happening and so throughout the three books you're trying to figure out because he gets off the island and they're trying to figure out what's happening and they're going to military bases and they're going to this 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 and there's the coming of age part of it where you're like this 
watching this kid grow up and try to realize these real adult things as he's like only 16 Mm -hmm. and maybe falling in love for the first time or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then at the end, you're like shocked by what really just happened. And I, it was a fast, quick, fun read. And I like appreciate YA, I think for that, like just Mm -hmm. it's fast and it's fun and yeah, watching them come of age, but it's almost, that was the real story that I thought of, like a dystopian style. Very interesting. I don't think that I would have gravitated toward it, and I don't think that I would have thought to, but I like that yeah. prism mm-hmm. that it just made good. Yeah. I think research probably goes into it, too, because I wouldn't want somebody to pick it up and be like, this is so juvenile. Like, why am I reading this? Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, loving it as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, like, again, talked about this a thousand times on this podcast, but, like, Percy Jackson, like, that's how I learned about Greek mythology, like, my sisters and I, because it's all about these kids that are you know one of their parents is a greek god and so like they have you learn about mythology you learn about the odyssey without reading then those Mm -hmm. books and stuff and i think there's something very fun to that Mm -hmm. i think yeah yeah very cool also i also looked up the book that i was struggling with before um and so when i was referencing octavia butler and i was like is that right (laughs) so octavia butler does do a lot of um sci-fi writing but specifically from a feminist perspective Mm -hmm. Um, which she's kind of known for. And then there was this collection of short stories where basically a bunch of other authors tried to write in her style to do a short story Ooh. of some sort of science fiction with like some sort of feminist take on it, which was very, very interesting. It's called Octavia's Brood. Um, and so that's what I was referencing in terms of like that cross between sci-fi. Mm-hmm. There's dystopian stuff in there. And yeah, it's very cool because I sort of, at least like 10 different authors and their different short Ooh. stories. Adding um, that to my Goodreads. Yeah, it's very interesting. All done, all done in her style. So like, mm. yeah. I love that. So I feel like maybe this would be a nice place to stop. Sure. And then we'll come back in a couple weeks for part two episode mm-hmm. of this book club episode. Nice. So Emma... And Eli, thank you both for being here for this first half. And everyone, we'll see you for the next half. Bye. Thank you for listening to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. The Book Club episode. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're interested in any of the books that were discussed in this episode or any of the episodes, they're always listed in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Unofficial Book Club Pod. And don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends. Until next time.